You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 207, How to Learn from Past Choices. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I feel like I'm on fire lately, and it's not just because it's so dang hot outside. I just feel like my coaching is on fire, my energy is high, I've been connecting more with friends and family, and just feeling really great. I want everyone to feel this way, and I want to help you feel this way too. So if you haven't signed up for a free mini session with me yet, now is the time. I know I always say that because now is always the time, but especially now when school is almost back in session, you'll not only be able to handle the back-to-school drama, but you'll also feel confident to handle the holiday drama when that happens in November. One of my former clients wrote a testimonial for me recently. And she wrote that coaching, quote, always felt like a safe place to share my deepest shame as a mom without the judgment. She said, I've been able to teach my husband, parents, and friends all that I've learned. I've been able to give myself grace every day. If you want a breakthrough in your motherhood, this is your chance. I just love that. So go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini, request a free consultation with me during the month of August. And let's transform you into a less drama mama too. Okay, today I am talking about how to learn from past choices. And I almost titled the episode How to Learn from Past Mistakes, but I deliberately changed it to past choices because I think even though it's subtle, the word choices kind of forces us to take responsibility in a way that the word mistakes doesn't. And I think we're more likely to make the same choices again when we merely consider them mistakes. Mistakes are unintentional. Choices are not, even when we're not conscious of our intentions at the time. Imagine that you lose your temper with your child because you're tired at the end of a long day and come home to a pile of dirty dishes in the sink. You yell some shaming words and storm out of the room. Later, you feel guilty for how you acted, so you approach your child and say, I made a mistake earlier by yelling at you. I'm really sorry. When you refer to your behavior as a mistake, it's as though you're saying that you had no control over yourself and it's not your fault. Like it was just an accident. Taking responsibility doesn't mean you assign fault or blame yourself and beat yourself up for your behavior. It means owning what you did and not making excuses or justifications for it. It's not blaming anyone else and it's also not blaming yourself. It's just admitting this is what I chose to do. It is what it is. Blaming yourself and taking responsibility feel very different. Blaming yourself feels disempowering and shaming and out of control, whereas taking responsibility for your actions may not always feel great, but it does feel empowering. It feels mature and liberating because you're being an emotional adult when you take responsibility for your life. The self-coaching model that I explained all the way back in episode six teaches us that our thoughts, feelings, and actions create our results and our experience of life. So one of the questions I like to ask myself and my clients is, 
How are you 100% responsible for what you're experiencing right now? I remember when I was working as a school counselor and the head of school would bring in these outside therapists and speakers to consult with or make presentations to the students, teachers, and parents. And I would think, doesn't she know that I can do this stuff? Why isn't she calling on me to do the presentations? Why isn't she utilizing me and my expertise? And I was blaming her and feeling so victimized and disempowered until I realized, hey, if I want to be the one giving presentations and letting the school know about my expertise, I'm the one who needs to make that happen. I'm the one who needs to say, hey, I can offer this. I want to present on this topic and put myself out there and risk rejection and judgment and all the things that were stopping me from creating the result that I wanted. And I think we all do this all the time. We blame other people and circumstances instead of taking radical responsibility for our own results. So the very first step in learning from our past choices is to own them. One of my favorite quotes from Dr. Phil is, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. If you're not willing to own your past behavior, you won't be able to make better choices for the future and you'll just keep repeating the past. So the second step in learning from the past is to do some self-reflection. And there are two very important ingredients you need when you engage in self-reflection, curiosity and self-compassion. If you are judging yourself harshly for your past behavior, you will not be able to examine it and you won't be able to change it. You have to recognize that the events of the past have no effect on you now. The only thing that affects you now are your current thoughts about the past and what you make your behavior mean. So you want to separate the facts from your story and only look at the facts. I hit my child on the bottom. I yelled, you're a stupid idiot. I grabbed my child by the shoulders and shook him. Whatever you did, identify only the facts that could be proven in a court of law and set the judgment and the story aside. In other words, I was horrible to my child or I'm a terrible mother aren't facts, they're thoughts. Next, you want to examine what emotion or emotions led to your behavior. With curiosity and compassion, ask yourself questions like, what was I feeling right before I did that thing? And don't just stop at anger if that's what you were feeling. Often, anger masks more vulnerable emotions like fear hurt, and powerlessness. Once you identify the emotion, you might be tempted to then blame your child for feeling that way. But remember, you are 100% responsible for your emotions. No one else can make you feel anything. The only person who has the power to make you feel anything is you because of your amazing, powerful brain. Now, don't go blaming your amazing brain either. Your brain's main function is to keep you safe and alive. It's simply trying to protect you in those heated moments when you flip your lid. Understanding what your brain is trying to protect you from is the next step to learning from your past choices. Last week, I was coaching a mom who was feeling a lot of shame and guilt about hitting her child. The first thing I helped her to do was simply allow the feelings of shame and guilt and notice what they felt like in her body. We don't often take the time to do this because we just want to avoid those feelings and get rid of them. 
but allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling rather than resisting or avoiding it helps the feelings dissolve so that you can think more clearly. So she processed the shame and guilt, and then we got curious about what happened. And she identified that underneath her anger, she felt threatened. She felt unsafe. And naturally, when we feel unsafe, we go into fight, flight, or freeze. And my client went into fight mode. So then we became even more curious about why she felt threatened. Sometimes I like to have my clients close their eyes and recall the very first time they felt that exact same feeling because the memories associated with it are often when we developed a core belief about ourselves or the world. And sure enough, my client was able to identify that she felt a similar feeling when she was young and her sister would hit her and beat her up. It wasn't surprising then why she was feeling threatened and why she chose to fight back. I asked her to identify the difference between what had happened in the past with her sister and what was happening with her daughter. And she recognized that she was no longer a child, she was no longer a victim, and she was no longer unsafe. Even though it felt that way and her brain was trying to protect her, she could now choose a different narrative. She could now choose to believe, I am safe. My daughter isn't a threat to me. I'm not powerless. I am in control of myself. The saboteurs that reside in our brains that I described in episode 175 were created as survival mechanisms. So for example, underneath the controller saboteur is often a hidden fear of being controlled by others or not wanting to ever be as vulnerable or feel as powerless as you did as a kid. Underneath the hypervigilant saboteur are often early experiences where the sources of safety in your life, often parents, were unpredictable or unreliable. Behind the perfectionism of the stickler saboteur is constant self-judgment and fear of the judgment of others. And beneath the victim saboteur is a belief that you are inherently flawed or unacceptable as you are. When we can become deeply curious about our beliefs and how they're impacting us now, We can begin to view our behavior with gentleness and understanding, and then consciously choose new beliefs to replace the old. Those new beliefs create new feelings, actions, and results. This is why so many people don't learn from their past choices and keep recreating the past. They avoid negative emotions rather than seeing them as teachers. They avoid taking responsibility because they make it mean something terrible about them. When you can evaluate the past with objectivity and consciousness, you will free yourself from the shackles of the past and be able to move forward in a new way. So the first step is taking responsibility for your actions. The second step is self-reflection and getting really curious about what happened and why you did what you did. The third step is evaluating what you learned simply by asking yourself, what have I learned here? about myself, about my reaction, about my values? How can this situation be converted into a gift or opportunity? Writing it down can be helpful too, so you can go back and review your learning. Step four is taking that information and deciding how you want to think, feel, and behave in the future. What specifically will you think, feel, and do 
the next time a situation like this occurs. And play around with all the different options available to you. Don't just limit yourself to feeling good or bad, happy or mad. Maybe you want to feel sad. Maybe you want to feel outraged. Maybe you want to feel amused or unfazed. Knowing that you have options gives you more authority over your experience. And you can mentally rehearse in your mind. So I talked about mental rehearsal in a previous episode, which I'll put in today's show notes. Basically, the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and imagined. So when you can mentally rehearse a future scenario, your brain gets practice at doing what you want it to do. And when the scenario actually happens, you're prepared. Cool, right? Now, the fifth and final step is to rinse and repeat. Don't expect yourself to be perfect or never make the same choices that you've made in the past, because you might. But you can approach each instance with the fascination of a scientist learning about human behavior. You can keep learning and growing by constantly evaluating what worked, what didn't work, and what you can do differently the next time. So to recap how to learn from past choices, step one, take responsibility and own your behavior. Step two, take the time to self-reflect with deep curiosity and self-compassion. Step three, evaluate what you've learned and identify the potential gifts and opportunities for growth. Step four, decide on purpose what you want to do differently in the future and rehearse it in your mind. Step five, rinse and repeat. Just talking about this is getting me really excited for you and what's possible for your life. I would love to be the one who helps you learn from your past choices and guides you to create the future you want. If that sounds as exciting to you as it does to me, go request a free consultation with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini. I'll talk to you again next week, mama. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.